When I found Judy's story, I realized there was an opportunity to tell the story of domestic violence from the inside, from the survivor's point of view and show, you know, a survivor encountering the system rather than the system evaluating her. And I think that's when I knew it was, was the right film for me. Welcome to Ending Domestic Abuse, a one-of-a-kind virtual resource for helping victims escape abuse, empowering survivors, and preventing relationship violence before it can even start by giving you the tools to improve your confidence, life skills, and hope. I'm your host, Dr. Ludie Green, a national expert on violence against women and children. I have advocated across the world and directly helped more than a thousand abused women regain and maintain their freedom through economic independence. On my podcast, you will hear from top experts in fields like finance, economics, psychology, and more. And you'll hear stories from people who have defied the odds, overcome abuse, and found their way to success. Together, we'll offer you support and practical ideas to pursue your goals, start on a new path, and protect yourself and others from abuse. Today, we'll be discussing the film, The Fire That Took Her said to be released on Paramount on May 23rd. You may remember our episode with Sheila Nevins, who was a producer for the film. Today, we'll be speaking with the director, Patricia Gillespie, about her work on the film and her career. We'll be right back after this short break. Ending Domestic Abuse is brought to you by Audible, Something you need to know about me is that I love to multitask. As an entrepreneur who had to build her own path to success, I'm always looking for ways to continue learning and to use my time more effectively. Audible has been a great resource for me. I can access hundreds of audiobooks from the palm of my hand and listen to them as I commute to work, while I cook dinner, and when I go on a run. Listeners who enjoy our last episode about self-care will love Audible's huge list of self-help books as well as their guided wellness program. Long-term listeners of the podcast who remember our episode with author Leslie Morgan Steiner can find her book, Crazy Love, on Audible. It is so important to continue to learn and improve yourself. You are worth it. Don't wait. Head to audibletrial.com slash ending domestic abuse to start your free trial so they know we send you. All proceeds will go to improving this podcast to help even more victims of violence. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash ending domestic abuse. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse, and this is your host, Dr. Ludie Green. This past December, we had Sheila Nevins, head of MTV Documentary, join us on the podcast to discuss an incredible moving film, The Fire That Took Her. For those of you who haven't had a chance to listen to Sheila's episode, the Fire That Took Her is a documentary that focuses on the life and legacy of Judy Malinowski. Judy Malinowski was a mother, a former beauty queen, and a two-time ovarian cancer survivor. She also was a victim of domestic abuse. In 2015, Judy was attacked by her abusive partner, who poured gasoline on her, lit her on fire, and walked away. Judy had third and fourth degree burns over 70% of her body, and doctors thought she only had hours left to live. Instead, she fought for 700 days to bring her abuser to justice and to advocate for victims and survivors of domestic abuse. 
this gripping documentary follows Judy's life leading up to the attack, the court case that ensued, how Judy became the first person to testify at a trial for their own murder, and how her family continues to fight for domestic violence survivors through Judy's foundation and Judy's law. For me, this film was a necessary reminder of how even today, many victims of violence need to fight just to be heard and believed by law enforcement and the justice system. Many steps have been taken in the right direction. However, there's still so much to be done in order to end domestic abuse and protect families from violence. It is truly an honor today to have director Trish Gillespie here to continue this conversation as Paramount prepares to release the fire that took her on May 23rd via the Paramount Plus streaming service. Trish, welcome to my program, and we're so happy to have you in this podcast, and we cannot wait for all the listeners to be able to see your incredible film. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. You know, even when we had to talk to Sheila about this film, we have been so excited to see its general release and to speak with you. To start off, could you please tell me a little bit about yourself and to our listeners, and tell us a bit about your background. Yeah, sure. I'm a documentary filmmaker. I, I actually set out to, to be a fiction filmmaker many years ago, and I realized that I felt called to tell the stories of real-life people that we never hear from. And I found nonfiction quite accidentally, but have been plugging away at it for the last 10 years here. I grew up working class. I grew up in a family that there were issues of domestic violence in my family of origin. And it was always something I had been passionate about. And also something that unfortunately I felt in the media was sort of always relegated to a second string issue. It was always there. The sensational stuff would be covered, but there wasn't a ton of meaningful coverage and there wasn't a lot of coverage from the point of view of survivors. And so when I found Judy's story, I realized there was an opportunity to tell the story of domestic violence from the inside, from the survivor's point of view and show, you know, a survivor encountering the system rather than the system evaluating her. And I think that's mm -hmm. when I knew it was, was the right film for me. So before we dive into your work with the fire that took her, I would love to hear about how you got interested and involved in documentary work. Do you know from a young age that you wanted to pursue film? Yeah, I think I, I think I was always a storyteller. I think I was always interested in unusual people and underdogs and bringing their stories out. I was a nerdy theater kid in high school and I wrote a lot and I'd make little short films with a old VHS camera that I had found in my grandmother's basement. You know, the, the, that sort of old time old age old story of how people become filmmakers. So I was definitely always on, on this path. Can you tell us a bit about some of the other films and projects you have worked on as a doc documentarian? Is there a topic or gender that you like to focus on? Yeah, so I have made a number of other films. I my the, the first film that sort of started my career off, I was a producer and not the director on a film called Unrest, which was about a disease called ME-CFS, which 17 million people have, but is ridiculously underfunded. It gets less funding than male pattern baldness. And this wow. is a disease that it's an autoimmune condition that primarily affects women and they are often rendered bedbound, unable to be exposed to light and sound. And 
The director of the film, Jen Brea, had never made a film before, and she was a sufferer of the disease. And I got together with her very early on in the process, and we sort of, we made this film that took place quite literally all over the globe with our fellow producers, Alyssa Nahimius and Lindsay Dryden. And the film did really well. It went to Sundance and was nominated for News and Doc Emmy in the editing category. And all of a sudden I was off to the races and and very lucky to have my career starting in earnest. And after that, I made a, a series for Viceland that I created and directed and executive produced called The Devil You Know, which was sort of about the cycles of violence in working class communities told through this story about a, a fellow that killed a couple people and buried him in his backyard. And because the people he had attacked were sort of, they were people that had been caught up maybe in the opioid crisis or were having financial troubles. They weren't looked for or looked after. And so he he went unarrested for a very long time. His victims went unfound, despite the fact their families were really looking for them for a long time. And we sort of made a show about how that happened. And I mean, I could keep prattling off projects, but essentially the the theme that connects, I think, most of my work is I'm very interested in working class stories. I'm very interested in women's stories. And I'm, I'm very interested in people who, you know, we as a society often forget or overlook. And the systems in place in society that prevent those people from getting either the justice or the quality of life that they deserve. Very interesting. And you you work in very, very important issues. We all need you. You need you to continue this work for all of us. The Fire That Took Her is an absolutely incredible film that highlights not only the reality of domestic abuse, but also the reality of, of a legal system that does not support victims and survivors. What was the process of directing this film like for you? And we would love to hear about your experience behind that camera, speaking with Judy's family, and anything you learned throughout the creation of this film. What, what was the process like? I, I, in some ways, on, on the personal level, this film was a certain kind of exorcism, right? Because I think mm-hmm. I, I connected to Judy's story so much just because of my experience growing up and, and later my experience in a particular relationship that I had, I needed Judy's story, <laughs> not to make a film, but for myself as a woman wow. sort of reckoning with getting justice for myself and recasting myself, mm-hmm. not as the victim of my story, but the hero of my story, which I think Judy did so well. So I sort of started there and I, I reached out to Bonnie, Judy's mom, who was sort of, I found her on Facebook And we just started having these really deep conversations about her daughter and her daughter's legacy and what I I thought it meant to the world and what we thought it could do to help other survivors or women who are experiencing domestic violence. And I just started flying myself out to Ohio every now and again and filming little bits here and there and begging, borrowing and stealing and asking friends to lend a hand and we went on like that for, for a number of years. The project wasn't really institutionally supported. A lot of the feedback we got either from pitching the film commercially or or from grants we applied to was, we, we love this story, we love Judy, but she's too tough to look at for a film to be made. And I just couldn't accept that, you know? I think we look away. I mean, Judy's face is 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 her own, but it's also the face of domestic violence. And I think 
a lot of the looking away we do is is a big part of the problem and why that problem persists at the scale it does. I mean, one in three women will be affected by it just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we, we kept playing along and thank goodness we ran into Sheila Nevins at, at a film festival pitch at a film festival called the Athena Film Festival that had a works in progress program. And and she greenlit us. And if that hadn't happened, I sometimes wonder what, what would have happened to Judy's story. But it was, you know, it's film documentary filmmaking in general, and in particular on this film, is just a lot of being with the people whose story you're telling and, and trying to find a way to most honestly and completely and compassionately communicate what they have to say to the world. With Judy, obviously, it was a unique challenge because she'd passed away, but she has a family of incredible women who do her legacy a lot of justice in how they speak about her, but also in how they live their lives. Do you have advice for people who are interested in pursuing a career in film and television production? Never, never, never give up. <laughs> I think it's such a funny <laughs> I, I used to ask this question when I was in school. I, I was very fortunate to be able to attend NYU for my undergraduate. I have an undergraduate degree in filmmaking. And I would ask this question all the time. You know, they'd get fancy filmmakers to come in and I'd say, well, how do you do it? How did you, how did you get successful? How did you make this a job? And a lot of it has to do with greenlighting yourself, right? Betting on yourself. I, a lot of my early career was bartending and being a, you know, a teacher at sort of out, out of the way schools and hustling and cobbling together a tiny bit of savings that I would repeatedly spend on making my projects. And in some ways that that continues on throughout the life of your career. It's just hopefully you're not bartending anymore, right? But I think that the mm-hmm. trick pursuing filmmaking as a career is to to watch as much as you can, to maintain a curiosity about the world. And when something convicts you in the sense that you know, it's a story you can't forget about or a story, you know, you're uniquely positioned to tell, not giving up and just plowing through and making your movie no matter what. And we're very lucky to live in an age where, you know, technology is very supportive of the independent filmmaker. And if you're not related to somebody famous and you, you're not super rich, you're, you're going to have to do a lot of that, <laughs> that indie filmmaking. I that. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy has been incredible speaking with you today. Is there anything you're working on in the horizon and how can we keep up today with you on current and future projects and how can we promote any, any work you do? Yeah. So I am working on a couple of things. I'm not allowed to talk about them yet, but you can follow me on Instagram at p.e.gillespie. And, you know, I try to keep people updated there. I, Really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. This film is, you know, its success is really going to be determined by how much I think women or survivors of domestic abuse talk about and share this film with each other. There were so many odds stacked against us from the very beginning, and we've jumped those hurdles in order to give this gift to the many other women like me, I think, who needed the story. And I I just hope it finds its home and it finds the gals that need it. And and hopefully you'll be hearing more from me and, and Judy's mom, Bonnie, in the near future. And please repeat the name of the film. Say the name of the film. Where can people, you know, watch it? Yeah, that's The Fire That Took Her, which comes out on mm-hmm. Paramount Plus May 23rd. That's terrific. Thanks once again to our guest, Trish Gillespie. And thanks to you for listening. No matter who you are or what you have been through, you can find help 
and you can find a way out of abuse and into your new life. Send us an email through our website at ludigreen.com. That's ludigreen.com. Or you can call our abuse hotline at 202-643-2327. That's 202-643-2327. We'll help you find a way out to freedom. You can also find me on social media at Dr. Ludi Green on Instagram and Twitter. You can help stop abuse by spreading word of our podcast. Just go on Spotify and please give us a five-star rating or share your comments. Thank you again. And together, let's all find a life you deserve. <laughs>